This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. The first time I met this man, we were talking about Lego Batman, where Travis Wilhelm told him to cheer up Sourpuss. He's the first man ever to be Batman and the Joker in the same film. And now he's repraising the role as a Joker in Long Halloween Part 2, available August 10th. Troy Baker, how are you? Dude, it's an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much. And yes, those are wonderful memories. Being with Travis <laughs> and him being Superman to my Batman uh, there in New York, it makes me miss those live events, and hopefully we'll get back to those soon. Man, it's going to be some good times when we get to hang out again face-to-face, either at WonderCon or Comic-Con or any of the other million conventions that go on in the country. I know it's been sad this year we didn't get to do part one at Comic-Con, but at least we're getting to talk now. And I'm excited because, as I told Tim Sheridan in private, which is now public information, I like part two better than part one. Really? Mm-hmm. Please. Is it, what about part, I'm curious, what about part uh, two uh, you more than part one. Part two visually was brighter and more vibrant color wise with a darker story oh. tone. So the contrast of the two made long Halloween in the second half, you know, although it's summertime and it's brighter and we're heading back into the autumn, the tone itself and the storytelling was still a darker, heavier story. What a wonderfully astute observation. And the beauty is, like, not only with, with Tim and his writing style, uh, and, and being able to take what, what a, you know, both, uh, arduous and ambitious, uh, undertaking this was to take something of such lauded, you know, celebrated, um, cachet as this story has been, and being able to adapt that to the screen is, is no small task, man. And, not only with what Tim did, but also just top down, man. We had an incredible cast. Um, we had an incredible um, story to tell. And the people that stepped into these roles, I mean, Titus Welliver, first of all, you look at it like, oh, of course, why has he never played this before? But then you look at Billy Burke, you're like, I never would have thought to cast him as as Gordon. But then you look at him, Rivera, of course, as Catwoman was absolutely brilliant. Um, but then the one honesty man that really surprised me and to, to a wonderful degree was Jensen Ackles. Like Jensen came at this and met this role with the full brunt of his experience, his talent, his passion. And you could tell this wasn't just another gig for him. Like he was just as jazzed as I was, uh, <laughs> to play Batman and he knocked it out of the park. Well, he actually leveled up going from the Red Hood to Jason Todd himself in Batman Under the Red Hood to now being Batman. You know, it, it's an interesting familial transition uh, to go from the son to the father. Bro, I, for that reason right there, was one that was something that was like, I was like, you can't. And then, uh, I fully own and understand the hypocrisy of me saying you can't be more than one character inside specifically the Batman universe, um, because he, he just did such a great job as Jason Todd that I was like, can I see him, can I, will I be able to hear him outside that role? And again, that he just, he accomplished it with such um, skilled deafness 
but I, I, I really have to applaud him and commend him for what he was able to do. You know, the the film itself feels like a Batman Year Two story arc. You know, we've had the introduction. We don't necessarily need to watch the Waynes uh, get killed every Batman film to remind us how tragic his right. life is. But, you know, Batman's still on the rookie-ish sense. You know, it's his sophomore year. He's, you know, Long Halloween's kind of his sophomore slump. And your Joker this time around is still sinister and still, and still crazy, but it's more of a brooding calm level of crazy rather than over the top, I'm going to blow up the world crazy. There's a temptation, um, and I said this you know, to your colleagues earlier today, there's a temptation, you know, every time you have a Batman story, everyone's kind of looking behind Batman to see if the Joker showed up, right? And the problem with the Joker is that sometimes it, it, it's a blessing and a curse because the Joker casts a very long shadow and he can easily fill up the frame and all of a sudden it's all about the Joker. And specifically in the story, this is a Joker story. He's a critical component to it. He's a, certainly a part of this story, but he is not the focus, the focal point of this. And I, I love that we get to kind of hint on that. And Joker's like, wait a minute. I'm the prettiest girl at the ball. <laughs> and then instead of being able to, you know, pine about that, he sees it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he seizes that and, you know, hilarity and chaos ensues. Right. Um, yeah, but it, it's also that distinction of like, He's here to see Calendar Man of all people, not me. Like, you're right. It's that overlooked, like, I can't believe I'm the one overlooked this time around. Yes. And that, to me, I think, for, for me at least, and, and both reading this and also playing it and watching it, um, the thing that Joker sees in this, again, as an opportunity, was like, I loved watching Batman not in control. I love being able to see, instead of what, what surpasses his, like, wait a minute, I, there's like, even, he even has this whole thing with, with Harvey, is like, there's, a, there's only room for one crazy guy in this town. There is that, but it's also, that is quickly supplanted by his joy of watching Batman not be able to figure this out. That's just, and then of course, there's an opportunity then to see, it's like, hey, well, the cat's away, the match you're going to play. So it, this, this to me is such a different kind of Batman story that for someone who is, this could easily be the entry point into someone like, there are people who have never seen the Nolan movie. There's people who have never seen Tim Burton's movie. There's people who have never picked up a graphic novel. And this could very well be their entry point into this franchise, into this IP and these characters. And how interesting it would be for someone who has no knowledge going in for this to be their Batman, for this to be their Joker, for this to be their Two-Face. And the thing that, to me, uh, sets this one apart is that that's totally fine. You don't need to know anything about these characters to appreciate where you find them in the story. Yeah. You know, we're almost a quarter century away from the original uh, graphic novel itself by Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb. And, you know, uh, Tim, Tim Sheridan modernized the story a little bit and little liberties because you can't do a direct translation from comic to, to animation to film. Um, is it difficult for you the way it is for me that 
if I watch the movie, it's hard to read the book. And if I read the book, it's hard for me to watch the movie. Like, do you ha- ever have that issue as well? Or are you able to compartmentalize it and separate the two from each other? Listen, man, there, going back to the killing joke, I, I remember sitting there, uh, San Diego Comic-Con and going, I don't know if I want to watch this. I don't know if I want to watch this because I was so afraid of, you know, I, I, I didn't have a role to play in that and I was happy to do it. I wanted to observe it purely. And of course, for killing jokes, you get Kevin and you get Mark, right? Um, but, what, but sitting there in, in, in Comic-Con and watching, I was like, seeing is that how it unfolded. Um, to me, it's the same thing. To where with this, even if you've read the graphic novel, there's no like, oh, I have to, there's not this dispensation of expectation that I have with, um, we took care of that for you because everybody that walked into this was operating under the auspices of that expectation. And instead of just trying to be safe, instead we leaned into the danger and said, if we're going to do this, let's do it all the way. So anybody who has or has not read the graphic novel, I guarantee you, after watching this, will say either A, I need to read that, or let me go back and read that again. I love it. Troy, before I let you go, and we do the plug on where we can find you on social media, minus Adam West and Cesar Romero, which Batman would you like to play Batman against in the multiverse, and which Joker would you like to play uh, opposite in the multiverse? If the Joker I mean, collided and Batman collided. I, I would have to go always with Kevin and Mark. Like that to me would just be the ultimate. That would be the total apex alpha prime form of Troy, the 13 year old <laughs> Troy Baker is being able to play opposite of that. I get, I give you a T-ball pitch on that one, man. I just set up the T, not even a softball, but Hey, where can we find you on social media? If we want to connect with you. It's always good to try to have a conversation on Twitter at Troy Baker VA or official Troy Baker on Instagram. Perfect. Troy Baker, thank you so much. He is the Joker of this go around. Batman Long Halloween Part 2 comes to Blu-ray and DVD August 10th. Thank you so much, man. I can't wait to see you face to face. Cheers, man. I love the same thing.